again, everyone, and welcome to the Red Dwarf Intro Cast, where we talk about Firefly, <laughs> and also occasionally we get a, we get to talking about Red Dwarf, uh, episode by episode. Uh, newbies and longtime fans alike journeying together on the mining ship Red Dwarf into the far, far reaches of space. My name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. I'm Alan. I'm a guest. Hello, Alan. Hi, Alan. Hi. So, first off, we will say that Paul uh, is likely to be joining us a bit later. We had a bit of a scheduling thing, as happens. Uh, Hopefully he will drop in on us. Uh, This episode, we are talking about uh, Last Day. But before we get to that, let's get to know our guest. Alan, who are you? Where are you from? And uh, what is your history with Red Dwarf? Oh, long and alcoholic. Um... (laughs) I'm Alan. I'm known on the internet as Phase or Phased Out or Phased Up if it only allows eight characters or on one particularly memorable occasion Phased Sideways with a Twist of Lemon. Hmm. Yes, quite. Um, Red, Red Dwarf. I, I also, I'm going to plug briefly here. Um, I'm co host of the Gatecast, Stargate episode by episode, MST3K style. We recorded. Episode nice. 160 on Tuesday, and we're currently on SG-1 Season 8 and alternating with Atlantis Season 1. We will be covering Stargate Universe as well. We will not be covering Stargate uh, Infinity because of the abomination unto Nuggan, and shall not be covered. My history with right. uh, Red Dwarf was... Uh, what used to happen, there's a, there was a video game and video tape, this takes it back long enough, this was a videotape shop called Game, and myself and my friend would go into it on a Friday, pick up a season of Red Dwarf on videotape, go down to the off-license, pick up a crate of beer, and burn through a full season and most of the crate on an evening. Wow. Cool. So you've been doing also gatecast. watched as broadcast. Sorry. Mm. You've been doing gatecast for a while, haven't you? We have. We started with uh, the movie, and then we pod faded for about nine months, and then uh, I started doing it with Mike Crate, aka Jarek, uh, who is our highly trained production staff. Nice. I find I find for me that the best way to do a podcast is find somebody else to talk with, so you have someone to bounce off. Because I tried it solo and it's hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, get them to do the actual work. I just I just turn up, pay for the website, and blather for an hour. He uh, ed- edits it down into something faintly coherent. Which cool. is gatecast.co.uk, but doubtless you'll have the link in the show notes. Yes, and, and send us an email on that. We will definitely uh, do that. So cool. So we this. I, I guess you are our second or third guest from Ireland. Second after Jay. Second. Okay. Couldn't remember if we'd had anyone else. Cool. Um, um, I'm the right shape, and I have a beard. If he was Jay, can I be Silent Bob? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, if I ever get back into Stargate, I will, I will use your podcast as a way to do that. I watched the movie and the first couple episodes, and I realized that I would probably like the show a lot, and I didn't have time to, to add it, uh, to my fandoms. But eventually, I hope to get back to it. Fair enough. 
Although there is a huge amount of genre TV on right now. Exactly. Yeah, there's just too much good stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's get to uh, uh, Red Dwarf as far as genre TV. We will focus on that for the moment. Uh, Shane, do you have the episode synopsis for Last Day? Of course I do. You'd be worried if I said I didn't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'd, we'd just make it up. <laughs> uh, this to receive notice that his crater mechanoid is reaching the end of his life, and his inbuilt shutdown trip will automatically activate in 24 hours. With apparently no way to prevent Crichton obeying his command, this just throws him a goodbye party. Crichton enjoys himself so much he decides to want he wants to live. One small problem: the pursuing is homicide. Persuading his homicidal replacement Hudson. Lovely. The mm. scariest replacement butler robot ever. <laughs> Would you like some tea? <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still think they could have revoiced it with Christopher Walken. So, um, you know, my first note for this, uh, just apropos of nothing, but I haven't really noticed it the last few apps, but I kind of miss Holly giving the opening narrative. Hmm. As Holly used to do with the weird floaty, floating head bit in space. Well, that's how I, I like. I, yeah. But I, I like new Holly quite a bit. I just, I, I don't think they're using her as much as they did old Holly. We got to see a bit more of her this episode. Um. But I, I, I'm missing my uh, my weekly dose of Holly. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I have noticed. They have um, made Holly's part a lot smaller, um, giving a lot of uh, Holly's uh, functions to Crichton. Like I've said, exposition. Yeah. And, you know, just... You see her in very few scenes, and usually she's not really doing anything except commenting on stuff. If I can just clarify something with uh, you two Americans, I'm assuming it's you two that are only current to this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, we're we're and we work very hard to stay spoiler free so that we can give fresh impressions as we come to them. We're we're doing sequentially. You're aware of how many Red Dwarf series exist, though. Yeah, we, we know that they have recently rebooted and started the 10th, um, after a hiatus after 9. That That's that's the extent of our knowledge of the future. Yep. Then, uh, g- given that you know the existence of 10, and given that I saw 10 as recently as last week, the first thing I noticed was how young Craig Charles looks. Aww. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I like, noticed oh, that... Ickle he- baby, Craig. <laughs> Sorry. I noticed that even with um, uh, Rimmer, that he looked a lot younger in the first season than he does now. Mm. I don't know if they're doing his makeup differently or if he just aged quite a bit there. Hmm. It's, a, it's so. the stress of being Rimmer. <laughs> it is. I could see that. I could see that, you know. Maybe he's, well, of course, you have to work that into the show. So is he having Holly slightly age up his program year by year? So, so he can fit uh, in. Because he's a hologram. There's very no real question, reason. Actually, very good question. Um, one of the creators of the show, uh, Doug Naylor, actually was asked that very same question very, very recently. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, cool. And he said, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, In-universe, in it would make sense for Rimmer to actually age along with Lister because Rimmer's whole thing was to keep Lister sane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. So, logically, he would be getting older and older along with Lister. So he's going to do, like, data and put in gray hair. <laughs> it's going to be mm-hmm. awesome. It actually makes oh. more sense than when, like like you said, Data, or when the ageless vampires on Buffy <laughs> aged yeah. very noticeably. Yeah. Hey, James Marsters did a bang-up job of, of keeping and uh, very, very fit. Uh, well, both in the British and American sense there, I suppose. Um, uh, to, to, to keep his, his looks. Now, David Boreanaz... Uh, it's a bit more noticeable that he ages, but yeah. uh, anyway. So he looks slightly better, yeah. I think, when he ages a bit. It's true, yeah. Or it could, it could be that the cynical part of me is thinking Doug Nailer genuinely didn't occur to him. The fans suggested it, and it's like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that's what I did. <laughs> exactly. That worked for us. Good idea. One of my professors is, is big on that. Uh, he was my graphic design professor. He was like, whenever somebody tells you something looks good and you didn't mean to do it, you immediately explain why you did it and why it was your intention <laughs> the whole time. You know, oh yes, you know, I just thought that with the the color scheme and the, the complementary and yeah, that's that's exactly right. So, uh, Red Dwarf. Then uh, we start with Lister watching uh, the beautiful art form of female topless boxing. It's Which we don't actually identify. In, in fairness, now it, it's nicely introduced. You know, he gives the whole pugilist. It's a, it's an excellent sport yeah. thing. Uh, and Crichton just had the wonderful straight line delivered back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. This now this episode, I'm going to say right up front. I, I am very glad. You know, I have been saying that we needed a uh, an episode for Crichton like the one we had with Cat that explained a bit more about him and his personality and why he is the way he is. And I'm I'm glad we finally got that. Um it's it's been we should have had this near the beginning of the of the season instead of at the end, frankly. But mm-hmm. there you go. That being said, it's um, almost exactly like the episode for Cat. Yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> The whole religion um, thing. They sort of echo uh, uh, Crichton's in- initial season two episode one debut with with Lister uh, decrying the whole master servant relationship thing and uh, ah the uh, the the painting he does of Rimmer. Oh uh, yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful yes. reveal at the end. <laughs> it's just sort of here we go end credits. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, oh, oh! You mean back in that? Episode. Yeah, when yes, finally. Yes. Sorry, I, I thought I thought you meant it. I thought you meant it popped up again in this episode. I was going to be like, did I miss it? <laughs> <laughs> but I hope yeah. it does pop up again. Um, we get Crichton's full name for, I believe, the first time. They may have mentioned it back at his debut, but I don't recall if they did. No, they didn't. But Crichton two X four B dash two three five two three B, and that he is a series three, a diva. Uh, Diva bot mechanoid or mm. diva droid mechanoid. So, what makes a middle name jerky? Is he saying that <laughs> would be the middle name for a jerk, or? I think I think it was just a gag on the meaningless numbers and letters having 
um, cultural implications for robots that make no sense to humans. I know, but I was intrigued by that word jerky. Uh, yeah, you're not. Uh, are you only familiar with the term in the sensation of droid meat? Then? Uh, of what? Droid meat. Droid As in jerky or oh, <laughs> droid, droid meat. Oh, okay. Like, right. 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 Okay. Right. Yes. Yeah. Dried yeah, droid meat. That unintentional. Uh, I was thinking droid from there. <laughs> Androids aren't made of me. Although, although that that no, that totally works though because yeah, jerky and so dried and droid. So droid droid feet works either way. Um, uh, that's awesome. Oh. Well, no, probably uh, depending on which genre you're coming from, android can also mean cyborg. True. Yeah, you know what? That totally aggravates me because the Terminators are, to me, androids because they are completely independent of, of their organic components. It's just a suit. And to me, that that makes them... Uh, but any, anyway. Hmm. They're completely independent of their organic po- components up to the last Terminator movie. Right, right. Uh, yeah, they changed that later with that one. But yeah, so to me, it's always been an android, and yet throughout the series, they're, they're called cybernetic. Hmm. And anyway, but then um, in Star Trek, Data is called an android, but he has organic components. It's true. Yeah. Get your terms right, people. So, <laughs> so you're not familiar, probably, um, with a jerk as an insult, then? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Okay. We are. Not just huh. just like how how a middle name, like what middle name would would sound jerky? Yeah. I don't know. Um, um, w. Anyway, he threw away the most gorgeous <laughs> waffles in the world. Oh, <laughs> breakfast! Yeah, here's here's, here's the thing. Um, that's not a breakfast food in the UK. Correct me if I'm wrong, Shane. Oh well, really? Potentially could be. I mean, no, not that. No, I mean waffles are usually. <laughs> I've had American waffles. They're sweet. Yeah. Uh, British and Irish waffles, bordzai waffles, are made of potato. They're savoury. They're more of a dinner sort of a accompaniment than a breakfast thing. Ah. I can't imagine potato waffles with cream. Well, is that a fact? It's delicious. I make delicious waffles. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean, it's not as popular in England as it is in... Belgium, France, Netherlands, Scandinavia, and the United States, because that's mm-hmm. that's the most that's the most popular countries. Um, Wait, waffles are popular well, um, in Belgium? Apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> Although, hey, but here's here's the thing though. Um, later in this episode, I was going to mention it later, but we might as well talk about it okay. now since mm-hmm. since we're on culture. Okay. Um, for the first time, we see a unit of money discussed. Um, Dollar pounds, one thousand dollar pounds. So, does this indicate that at some point between now and whenever the Red Dwarf left Earth, that um, there's some sort of economic uh, or, or, or governmental merger between perhaps the U.S. and uh, and the U.K.? Mm, the U.S. But is only one of, I believe, twenty-seven countries that use a dollar. True. It's not necessarily the American one. True, but you know the Nova Five was an American ship, so I was just trying to extrapolate from that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair enough. 
And the and the captain was American, and so having a ship with both American and British crew, and as far as I can tell, uh, very few other cultures represented. But yeah, so you know, maybe maybe Australian then. Um, but yeah, so so why dollar pounds? When did dollar pounds come into being? Around the time that, that could be another one for for Doug, where uh, somebody bring, gives a suggestion to him, and he goes, "Yes, that's what we meant." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've. Um, I I believe it's a special feature on this season. Okay. Uh, there they okay. were at uh, the A to Z of Red Dwarf. No, that's actually. Or am I digressing too uh, much? That's actually on. If my memory serves me. I think. I've got a funny feeling that's actually on the season one DVD. It's okay. just that they're, they're in Nebraska or something, and this innocent 10 year old child with uh, blue eyes and. Blonde flaxen hair looks at them and says, uh, "What exactly does smeg mean?" Mm. <laughs> and Craig Charles and Robert Lowell are literally climbing under the desk. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it's kind of like when when uh, at, at one of her big get-togethers, and a, a, a small child asks J.K. Rowling what inappropriate charms uh, Dumbledore's brother was practicing with a goat. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, and, yeah. So she immediately asked, how old are you? Eight? <laughs> <laughs> and so she, I think I think she played it off as like, well, she was turning goats funny colors and or something yes. like that. Or. Yeah, that child wasn't prompted at all. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I can see that yeah. being an innocent question from a child. But this yeah, is what I get maybe. for 21 years of government work. I'm cynical. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, but yeah, I was screaming yeah, so. at uh, Lister, don't eat it out of the garbage. He's eating it out of the garbage. Garbage. Yeah. Is I wrote, it, he's going to do that it. That is classic Lister, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, what I was really worried about is that he was going to continue eating it after he took that hat off. <laughs> <laughs> I choose to believe he did, since it cut away. So yeah, there, there's a question then, I guess, in my mind of, of what uh, what happened to um, Earth culture before, you know, what, what was Earth culture like as far as, you know, is it a unified world government or, you know, have, have the countries become more uh, collective, more diverse, who knows? It, it just caused a bunch of questions that probably never get answered and doesn't really matter because it's been three million years now and that world is covered by a sausage mold. Yep. So... Hmm. And all the calculators. The are, are, you, are you referencing the books? No, we're not. Uh, have you guys read the books? We have not. Uh, we figured, you know, again, we're, we're trying to keep very just completely ignorant of everything except episode by episode. Yeah. We barely oh. Oh, a lot of folks. the special features. I made that yeah. mistake with the series Alias after I finished season one. I listened oh. to the commentary on episode mm-hmm. one, and they gave major spoilers for season two, and I was like, no! Yeah. Oh, that's hateful. <laughs> Although, you know what? I'm going to say this, too. Having seen uh, several BBC shows now, uh-huh. the end of the episode next week on the show gives way, way too much away. Mm-hmm. Like, Doctor Who? Oh, my goodness. We, like, leap for the remote to pause it because it's like, in the next episode, hey, the Daleks come back, and then they fight, and we think the Doctor's going to die, but that's okay, he doesn't, because he does this. 
And I'm like, well, why do we have to watch the episode then? You've ruined it. <laughs> well, it's exactly the same with the remake of Battlestar Galactica. I, I, I never watched BSG, so... Mm-hmm. Do, do, do they give super spoilers? No, uh, mm. well, they, do, they don't do the what coming up next week thing, but they do do it during the opening credits. Yes, but I think oh. that's a good thing, because what happens is it sets your mind in a particular direction. You make assumptions about the scenes, mm. and then the scenes happen, and it's nowhere near generally what you were thinking. I was like, ooh. Oh, so I, I actually... But it, it, it's literally... It is half-second clips of pretty much the full run mm. for about ten seconds. Weird. And it just flies through the episode... And you think you know what's going to happen, and then it comes to the scene, and it actually happens, and it's nowhere near what you thought it was. It actually, I think, it deliberately misdirects you. I enjoy it. I, okay. I'm, I'm sorry, Shane. I have to disagree with you wholeheartedly. That's fine. No problem. <laughs> well, I think in this episode, geeks, we are passionate. Mm-hmm. I think in this episode, we finally got all of the opening credit scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting for Crichton yeah. in a tuxedo. <laughs> Yes, that, well, I guess that was the last one, wasn't it? Yeah. So, android religion. We learn uh, after they, they get, uh, somehow, after this pod finds them three million years from Earth. Boy, the mail system in the future is, is pretty freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. I will say that. You travel at light speed three million years, and still your packages can't catch up with you. Um, though I will say that there's some problems... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but there, I, we got really, really confused by t- Crichton's timeline as far as his relationship. So Crichton is like a few thousand years old, I think. That was our best guess or understanding, and yet this replacement package thing catches up with him. First off, why was Crichton's ship two million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine light years from Earth? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the Nova Five doing there? Uh, why, if does that indicate that civilization on Earth continues fairly unchanged if Crichton is only a few thousand years old? Um, because the bodies hadn't turned to dust; that they clearly wasn't three million years. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Um, I'm very, very confused by Crichton's whole history now, and this this package catching up with them and the replacement android catching up with them brings a lot of those questions to, to head. I don't know how much you can tell me as whether it would be spoiler or whether it's never really discussed. Well, I have in front of me right now, and I'm going to say this, take this with a pinch of salt, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. But a fan out there has actually done a timeline of Red Wolf, which features almost every single episode on the timeline. Hmm. Fantastic. So, according to this timeline, and I'm saying take this... I won't say you take this with a complete pinch of soap, but... Um, Maybe half a pinch? Potentially, potentially, yeah. Uh, What's that in grams? <laughs> uh, but, uh, the accident happened in 2077. Okay. Okay. So we'd better get on this uh, international dollar-pound merger then. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and... As I'm as I'm trying to find it, there go. He was sold. Crichton was sold in 2340. 
Okay. So Crichton is two million, well, two point nine 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 million years old then. Yeah. Um, he become he start working on the Nova Five in twenty four thirty six. Yeah. And he was, and the crew was killed in in twenty four seventy eight. Twenty four seventy eight. Okay. So yeah. All right. I guess that makes more sense then. Although okay. So we'll assume then that in 2480, mm. Crichton was supposed to be replaced. Mm. Um, Earth then sends out the replacement notice, and um, what was his name? Uh, had had uh, Hudson, mm-hmm. and then. So if they sent him out in 2480, and he was supposed to be replaced, mm. why wouldn't Hudson have gotten to him? Okay. I still can't figure out how he's 2.9 million miles away from Earth. That still doesn't make much sense. Or, uh, sorry, light years. Saying, saying that, though. Um, um, what was the Nova 5 doing out yeah, there? Yeah, exactly. And it's taken that so. long for the pod to catch, just catch up with them. Yeah. I, I, either that or... Um, when Cry- after Nova 5 crashed, Crichton was considered to be offline and not in service. And it's only when he got back onto a dwarf hmm. that uh, he's being used again. Well, maybe, but then the package would have had three million light years to travel. So it would have had to have been sent out mm. soon. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, my head's going to explode, SOD. so let's, let's not yeah. do that. Yes, SOD. All right, um... So, again, we get some religious discussion here, much like in the cat episode. Again, I've, I feel like the show in general is a little cynical about religion. Religion is set up to keep people under control with false hope. Um, okay. But this time, fine, it was whatever. a little bit better, because... I think No, it, I don't think it was quite as, as heavy-handed as, as the cat. Especially religion. since, you know, um, I think, was it cat or something? Um... Like, Lister is a pantheist, but then Rimmer, yeah. mm-hmm. like, respects mm-hmm. everyone's beliefs. Mm-hmm. He does. Uh, yes, I, I thought that was brilliant, the, the, the Seventh-day Advent oh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. It's cool so, stuff. So, so especially Rimmer's description of serving soup. Yes. <laughs> yes. Although the greatest Which we'll save that in case. Not or hope. The greatest greatest of these is charity. Mm. Or or love, yeah. yeah. But in So it would be a, a it would be a double misprint. Well it, yeah. In King James Version there now love remain is called a, charity. There now remain it Yeah. But yeah, it would be a double misprint by one having hope is hop and two putting hop instead of love or charity. Mm-hmm. So I do have nine different versions of the Bible here in front of me if you want to double check. <laughs> yeah, but none of them say the greatest of these is hope. Oh, I did like um, the iron. The iron shall lay shall lie down with the lamb. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, there was a reference here that I didn't quite understand. That I think may be a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when it talked about uh, Rimmer decides he might talk to Crichton in case he needs someone to talk to because he was uh, a Samaritan. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, I know the general term of Samaritan, but I'm assuming that this is. I got the impression that this was like a volunteer suicide hotline counselor type thing? Pretty much so, yeah. Mm. 
the, the Samaritans are a registered charity aimed at providing emotional support to anyone in emotional distress, struggling to cope or at risk of suicide throughout the United Kingdom and Ireland, often through the telephone hotline. Okay. Or, you know, sometimes asking go. for football scores and then jumping up for it. Cricket scores. <laughs> nice. It, it, it was cricket, not football. Sorry. Oh, it was cricket. Do have, okay. Uh, do you have something over in America called Bef- Befrienders Worldwide? I'm not familiar, but it, it may well be a thing. Okay. But, I'm but I mean, we have oh. lots of charitable organizations. Figured mm-hmm. it was like one of those. Yeah. So uh, yeah. you guys have the Saint Vincent de Paul. The say what now? Saint Vincent de Paul. No, I'm not no. Think about it. Saint Vincent de Paul is like goodwill. Okay. okay. We have goodwill. Yeah, we have goodwill. <laughs> yes, I know. I, I've been. I was there in August and September. Awesome. I was being mel- I was being poached in Atlanta and unfortunately still poached in Arizona because the humidity was still at ninety percent. Oh yeah, we 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 uh we love it. Wait, Atlanta, August. Did you come to Dragon Con? Yes. Ah, well, we were, we there, were there too. too. Awesome. I'm wearing the t-shirt now. Cool. Oh, no, we will we will have changed. to swap. <laughs> we will have to swap uh, Dragon Con stories later. Uh, oh, cool. I, I yeah, I was staying in the Hyatt. Oh, lucky you! Yeah, we did. We were in an overflow hotel. We would love to get a room in either the the Marriott Hi- Hyatt or Hilton, one of those three, where you can, you know, uh, pop up to your room, take an hour nap, and come back down for the two in the morning things. But it's hard Dragon, to explain. Dragonrooms.livejournal.com. Yep, already <laughs> looked. Ready to share with people. <laughs> right. That's how I got. Okay. I, I I got the room uh, two months before the con. Yeah. Cool. That's usually when you have to look. Hey, well, in case anyone's interested, there are non non con price rooms available at the Marriott for five hundred and seventy dollars a night right now. If anyone, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we will pass on those myself. But hey, right, I, uh, I, so I got to see RDA. I got to see uh, most of the cast of Firefly. I got to get into a small, intimate little panel. With uh, Sean Marr, who played uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Simon, and yep. who came out in I think March mm-hmm. or April. Yeah, I believe it was about that time. Yeah, we uh, yeah we had a good time too. And one of our highlights was seeing uh, Sylvester McCoy actually. Um, yeah, my Doctor. Yes, his Doctor. Now uh, this is a uh, quick as a, as a side. How much more ancient than uh, you pair am I? I don't know. We, I'm, I'm 31. I'm 29. Uh, okay, so I've got 10 years on Heath and okay. 12 on Angela. Mm. They're both younger than me. You're yeah. 31. Well, I'm one. Shane. Yes, I know, but I'm, I was born before Heath. <laughs> <laughs> so that counts. <laughs> okay. Oh man. So Red War. <laughs> it counts. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they're talking about Crichton yes. and his um, seeming acceptance of his fate. Rimmer argues everyone's entitled to their beliefs. Yeah. Um, I did notice during this scene, uh, above Rimmer's bed, mm-hmm. on the other side than his dueling pistols, there's a model space shuttle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looks like the uh, the Apollo or the Challenger type space shuttle. I thought that was really neat. I hadn't noticed it before. Hmm. I must rewatch and, and zoom in and mm-hmm. see actually which... 
space shuttle it is because there are slight I mean, differences. It's, yeah, it's it's a really small model, so I couldn't really zoom in to. But if you have it like, like on Blu-ray or something, you can probably get a better. But yeah, I don't just think it ever like came out. Blu-ray, no, well, no, yeah, anyway. Okay. <laughs> oh, it totally think, should then. I think we'll see an SGU season two Blu-ray release before we see a Red Dwarf one. Okay, how many um, times have they redecorated that room, or did they just move the directions <laughs> around willy-nilly? Because sometimes we see things, and sometimes things disappear. You're assuming on a BBC budget that they have uh, a person assigned to continuity that's also not doing six other jobs. <laughs> you know, set design is probably... Uh, I was looking at this, this looks like an external uh, produced show, which is, I mean, they do the whole thing themselves, mm-hmm. and then they sell it to the BBC. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. filmed within BBC Studios, so you don't get the same sort of standards of uh, and levels of staff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of continuity, Angela noticed an interesting thing in this scene. Um, Rumor says that Crichton's, or maybe it was Lister, but they say that Crichton's idea of fun is like doing laundry. But, yeah, go ahead, love, because you noticed this. Um, well, what wasn't it that I mentioned that he was rocking out to a tape deck before? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they say that Crichton doesn't like to party, that he just likes to do laundry all the time, but while he was developing those pictures, he was totally dancing to some sweet, sweet 80s tunes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And, you know, developing pictures, which is a hobby. Yeah, so. It is a hobby. Um, all right, Rimmer does a neat impression of Crichton. Yeah. Again, I love, I love any any excuse they give Chris Berry to do impressions of the others, uh, is is always a hoot. Um, and we see another Marilyn Monroe reference with the Marilyn droid. Mm-hmm. What is is like is she the only female celebrity in the twenty fifth century? <laughs> Maybe she became well, she, like she's a t- thing, she, you know. She's timeless. Mm. I guess so. Good old Mary Magdalene. Okay, and is that Scudder's name Bob? Yeah. That's what that's what Crichton said. Bob the Scudder. So did Crichton give him that, that name or I'm wondering is that a Blackadder reference? Potentially. Bob. Yeah, potentially. Based Bob the Tanip. Yeah, cuz if you recall you had the uh you had the female trooper uh, who uh, oh, yeah. beautifully pronounced as Bob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Bob. You know? A, a sort of two capital Bs. Oh, for Christ's sake, could he don't knock my uh, pewter designs <laughs> down? <laughs> I, I'm looking at it. I'm starting to think letting the cats in to the room, which as well as being my podcast recording room, is also my assorted Discworld memorabilia, some of which I paid quite a considerably silly amount of money <laughs> for at auction. <laughs> display room. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Dyson spheres are not cat toys. <laughs> well, no, uh, it's it's a piece of... Do either of you read Pratchett? I have read, like, I've read the first book, and then I've read the one that was a, a Phantom of the Opera parody. Um, oh, Masquerade. Yes, yes. Uh, those More, are the with Mordor's Utility Home. I like his style uh, quite a bit, and he reminds a lot of a lot like Piers Anthony, who I've read more of. Um, uh, yeah, but you, I haven't. Did you not get re- the derivation of my online name? No. Oh, oh, phased out. Yeah. Okay. There now you I see go. It. Apprentice of yeah. Death, book seven. 
Yes. Which I haven't read all of those, believe it or not. Yeah, so I started with the uh, the Xanth series and then picked up the uh, Adept series when I was... Yeah, uh, now the Xanth series. I'm delighted you finally finished the Mold series. Wow. Okay, you're That's getting... a lot of books. You're kind of, I, I read you're through, like, down. the first seven, and I just could not... I couldn't do any more. Yeah, and it was like, it was going to be a trilogy, and then it was going to be a trilogy... Uh, it was going to be a, a, a nine books, and then he decided it would have to be 27 books, and then 81 books, and it's just going to keep exponentially trilogizing, I suppose. <laughs> anyway. Um, I've just right. I've read one Cratchit mm. book, and I've seen The Hogfather as well. Mm. I did think David Jensen made an excellent uh, Arthur. He certainly did. So, uh, so, sort of uh, squirrely, irascible, irritable. Okay, cat, you're coming down. Down. <laughs> 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 oh. So they're going to throw. And you, cry and you two think you have it hard with Alfie? I know. Oh, That's Elfie's all I'm saying. Right okay. now. I'm still looking at the puncture wounds on my hand, though. <laughs> so. Um. Oh, I know. So. I get pet, 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 poor, 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 chomp. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Without exactly. warning, I, I get, I go from poor to chomp. Ouch. <laughs> so they're going to throw a Crichton party, yep. and it's going to be awesome. And they're setting it up with a uh, weird science version of the theme song. Um, really, really 80s popified. Um, and they throw a nice surprise party. Something weird, though, and again, this has popped up before. Okay. Uh, Crichton's all, oh, the officer's club. Mechanoids are not allowed in here. Um, how does he know this? Why is Crichton so intimately familiar with Red Dwarf protocol if he's not from the Red Dwarf? So because, did they just... Because I, I can guarantee you he's only retentive enough to have read the uh, yes. Space Corps regulations. He can quote them. I mean, it's, it's one of the funniest uh, running jokes in Red Dwarf is... Uh, Rimmer misquoting Space Corps directives and Crichton correcting them. Well, we haven't okay. got to yet. Hello? That's <laughs> okay. Well, we, no, we, we did have one Space... Uh, Crichton discussing one Space Corps yeah. directive, so... Okay. It's not completely for okay. but... Yeah. Are we, are, um, we talk, are we talking Evo Terra, Mike Meningay, uh, Serenity-level spoilers here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, is that Paul? I think that's Paul. Let's see if we can invite him in. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yes, I Maybe. Paul. I only know seven. <laughs> it's a popular name here. Indeed. Is he coming in? Go. He's coming in. Yay! We're so direct. Woo! Hi, Paul. Hello. So, um, we just got to the Crichton Day party. And uh, he was nice, nicely surprised that he gets to go into the officers' club because you know he knows Red Dwarf rules, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of weird. Uh, I loved Rimmer's Napoleon hat. Yes. Mm. I love Holly's tiara because she's got a tiara. She's a princess I, and I, she gets I, a tiara. Oh, uh, I, th I think in these days she might have been wearing a Burberry cap. <laughs> Probably not a reference the Americans are going no. to get, unfortunately. Not a child. <laughs> she is a bit of a dumb blonde, though. Didn't make her a child. 
Fair enough. Wait, who's the dumb blonde? Holly slash Hilly. Holly. No! Okay, okay, uh, let, let, me, let me rephrase that in the event that, um... Oh, God, I've forgotten your name. Angela is, is actually bot. She, she, she's charmingly <laughs> ditzy. Well, so is, so is dude Holly. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, do, dude, do, Holly. dude Holly had the Welch thing going for something I know only. So yes, now it's double standard. Something I, I know <laughs> it only is. Um, at least it's not hardcore Holly. Oh my god, yes indeed. Indeed. Yeah, it's a, res it's a wrestling thing. Yes. So they're having it's a wrestling awesome reference, yeah. Oh, go ahead. So they're having their awesome party, and they give him awesome gifts, including General Patton's <laughs> sinal fluid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a couple it really of really was. Looking at the color of it, I thought it was urine. Okay, I thought so earwax. too. A Melted down earwax. Ew. A couple of no, that would that would have more of a greenish cast to it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> this episode brought to you by Bodily Fluids. Bodily Fluids! A couple of quick notes about that uh, scene. Yes. Uh, number one. Holly wasn't scripted to give him anything at all. A bit of persuasion from actress Hattie Hayridge got the script changed so Holly gave Croton a gift after all. See there, she has to beg to even get parts. I set. know! The party was also allowed her to dress up a bit, which she rarely got to do on the show. Um, she had a, she had even had a wardrobe budget. But, <laughs> <laughs> but nothing, was, nothing, was, nothing has been spent on so her so far. I like the Tierra. Indeed. Nice. That, that said, uh, there was a scene about ten episodes ago in our time on a Stargate where you see Amanda tapping in civilian clothes, and not only were there her own clothes, she was driving her own car. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cool. production crew cheap. Oh, the crazy fish earring shows up again. Yeah, indeed. Yes, the return of the fish ring. Because no, it was too heavy. But he hates he hates one of his earrings, <laughs> not the other one, <laughs> just the one. That's maybe. I, I still choose to believe that that earring is actually the skeleton of Lister's mechanical goldfish. <laughs> we'll see if that's revealed when it's revealed that Cat's history was a fraud and that he actually slaughtered his entire race. Notice he was. He was only wearing the one earring last episode, and he he's just given uh, Croton the other yeah, earring. He was wearing the right, mm -hmm. one in the right ear, and he gave one to the left ear. No, he was wearing one in the yeah. left ear, and he, he gave him the right one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I still think it's because mm. he finally figured out it was too Can heavy, I? and he was going to damage mm. his earlobe. Can I just ask something completely off topic? No. No. I just want to hear you. Wait, what impression? The Amy from Big Bang Theory impression again. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he's a princess and he's got a tiara. I laughed out loud. Yes, it was. It was a good one. I love Amy Farrah Fowler so much. Based on the harmonies there, Heath, if your current job doesn't work out, you can always audition for Glee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm just not angsty enough for Glee. I'm, I'm not. Glee. <laughs> no, clearly not from the way you said that. <laughs> um, what was I going to say before we got on to Glee and whatnot? Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't believe I, wa- I watched like five episodes with Amy Farrah Fowler in it before yeah. somebody told me that she was Blossom. Really? And then it was like, it oh was my goodness, it's that. Blossom. What I found funny is like, yeah. one of the earlier episodes yes. before she even... Yeah, they talked about how, yeah, she had gone on to get a degree. They wanted her for quiz ball. Well, if you're you're going with that, uh, let's not forget the other scientist that Leonard's character dated was the actress who played his girlfriend in Roseanne. Season one. And, and, and just to freak you out completely, the actress who played Penny and the actor who plays Howard used to date. What? Oh. Really? Hold on. I didn't Penny know that. Yep. How are you today? I'm full of scary Big Bang facts. Penny, the, the actor, the the not the characters obviously, but the the actors involved that did go out for a while. Mind blown. Yeah. What what's that guy's name? Simon Helper. Yes, I like him. Because he was in Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog. Dragon Con. So welcome <laughs> to the Big Bang Theory intro, Um... That would be awesome. (laughs) Math, science, history, unraveling the mystery. It all started with the big. It all started with the red dwarf. Uh, Let's just call it the Heath Singcast. We 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 could you know we we could probably do a Heath sing along Red Dwarf episode or not. <laughs> Although hey, I'm totally I'm totally waiting for the Red Dwarf musical episode now. Just like you know Buffy had one, so Red Dwarf totally needs to get on that. Scrubs had one. Yeah. Instead of just randomly throwing in a Danny John Jules song. Yeah. <laughs> apropos of nothing. Um. Okay. So they're having their party. Earrings. Monrobot. Monrobot is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. <laughs> More terrifying than the replacement bot? I think so. Yeah, that, that's you know what? what they should have done. They should have said I totally thought. That's what we were saying. I, I wrote it down, yeah. I was, I have, like, let's see, where did, where was it? Um, after they said that the replacement bot was going to come, I have, Marilyn Bot is going to appear and beat the replacement model to death. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I have written down here, and they totally should have done mm-hmm. that. The Monroe bot went through the oh. wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a wall in a spaceship. That should be a metal bulkhead, <laughs> even if it does look like a cheap carbon. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it was a load-bearing bulkhead, and the ship collapsed on itself before the next episode. <laughs> the end. Well, it Monroe is the end of the series. So. That wall easier than... Hudson's, um, mm-hmm, went through that brace. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, but uh, I did don't enjoy... Get the reference. I don't think I want to get the reference. Oh, you didn't remember that? 
Nice. Yeah, when he was demonstrating yeah. how strong he was, he put the In brick the under him off camera, thrust forward Both of his, hands. his lower body. Yeah. Which apparently might indicate that these companion bots were not used exclusively for butlering. Hmm. <laughs> really? Just saying. So it's more she did the butler than the butler did it? <laughs> <laughs> But what I was going to say was I did enjoy that before the Marilyn Monroe bot came out and, you know, he just, he was holding the remote control, then Crichton was like, oh, it's a box that flashes. This is my favorite thing ever. <laughs> like, aww. He's so, he's so pathetically grateful for everything. I know. Sorry, the, the, the orgle noise, I, I had a face full of cat tail. <laughs> <Fun>. <laughs> and then, they go from happy drunk to melancholy drunk, and we get some character backstory. Yeah. We learn a bit about Rimmer's Uncle Frank, mm -hmm. who thought Rimmer was his mother. Uh, ew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. French kissing Rimmer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I knew once he started that setup, that was brilliant. Um, with the with the cousins, which how would that be any less weird? But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. in Rimmer's mind, no, probably not. <laughs> mm -hmm. The 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 that 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 was almost a musical line from Rimmer. You know, Take my mother. <laughs> Everyone else has. <laughs> yes. Ah, yes. Yeah. Because I, I, I am from the American South, and from classic uh, British comedy. Yeah. Sorry. yeah, I'm from the American South, and des despite the way we are depicted, uh, we're not cool with making out with one's cousin. Uh, no, mm -hmm. Just saying. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, that's just a a stereotypical generalization of the South, like you know, no matter what Southern Based state oddly they talk enough, about, they're like, oh, it's. You know, the cousins uh, are having sex. No. It's all... Yeah, again. I, I was thinking <laughs> of um, Bill Hicks's opening monologue for Rant in E Minor. We want our thumbs. He was on about Tennessee, though. <laughs> My only oh. guess is that that all comes from um, Deliverance. I don't know, though. Or maybe just the um, isolated people in the hills. I guess. See, if, if you're editing, uh, there'll be no harm in dropping a little sting of the uh, Deliverance banjo, banjo bit just after you say the word Deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's something I do on my own podcast. I make little... There's a scene in Stargate where uh, very, very early on, like episode three, where Carter is battling a Mongol, uh, you know, like misogynist, uh, anti-sexist guy. And at my suggestion, while the audio for that scene is playing, uh, Mike dropped in the Star Trek battle music. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But no, when it comes to incest, we typically just leave that for the British monarchy. Oh! <laughs> Move on! <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that. I'm Irish, I don't care if you say go with that. Hey, no. <laughs> Habsburg draw, anyone? Um... Okay. You crossed the line there. So. Uh, did, they, did they describe, I, I haven't heard the commentary, but did they describe what was actually causing the liquid nitrogen-like effect? 
because I had a drink like that when I was still consuming alcohol when I was in New Zealand in 2008. No. In in small minuscule doses, it's apparently fine. But if, like in the news recently over here, if you have a drink mixed with um, liquid nitrogen, which is more than the recommended club, anything is more than the recommended club, just, um, yeah, you could have your stomach removed. Hmm. Wow. Are we, ta- are we talking LD50 level doses not, or something a bit below the, that? Um, on the I don't know how much she had, but a, a, a girl had a, went to a nightclub, had a drink with liquid nitrogen in, and then had to go to the hospital and the stomach had to be removed, so I don't know how much. I'm sorry. People are drinking liquid nitrogen? Probably Halloween. It was Halloween when I was in uh, New Zealand, and that's where the place for serving really weird looking drinks. I assumed it would be glycerin based or glycoline based but instead of nitrogen but huh. Paul have you ever had to mix any drink like that with liquid nitrogen or something? (laughs) Pardon? Paul? I was asking you if Have you ever mixed (laughs) I was asking you have if you ever, you ever had to drinks? mix any drink with liquid nitrogen there. No. Not personally, no. Okay. So, yeah, uh, more backstory. Lister. Lister was abandoned at six weeks old in a cardboard box under a table at a bar. Mm-hmm. Or a pub. Pub, I'm sorry. Pub. I... I that's an interesting question. Are pub and bar interchangeable terms in the UK, or not so much? Well, it depends on the type of establishment the company wants. Basically, it's the same thing. Yeah. But if you want a well, more... yeah, yes and no. But a pub is usually a lounge. It has a pool table and seats. But pubs can have a bar, and the bar is literally just... Uh, you have the bar and the, place the bar stills, and maybe a bench behind Gotcha. So a bar, a bar might just be a bar, but a bar could also refer to a pub, but usually you might call that a lounge. Depends, to be honest with you, how posh the place is, and how okay. bothered the clientele are with the distinction. Mm. Um, okay. If, in my experience, a pub is much more of a... Firmly effect. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. You know. <clears throat> a, a pub would be closer to a restaurant than a just bar. No. No. No? No. Okay. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, folks, it is 8.01, and if I don't go soon, I'm going to turn into a pumpkin. Okay, that's cool. Oh, no. Okay, well, can you quickly, um, we won't make you do quotes, but can you rate the episode for us? Oh, out, out of ten. So I haven't looked at Red Dwarf in about years. Um, out of ten, out of five, or out, just... Out of ten. Out of ten. Out of ten, I give it about a seven point three. Okay. Seven point three steaming drinks. That, that, that works. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much. Well, we're sorry you can't stay the whole time. It's been a delight. See you later. Hey, well. See ya. Bye. 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 So we will muddle on. Yeah. Remember, it makes a nice joke at Lister's expense, which I probably won't quote, uh, speaking of incest. Um, some, somebody might want that as a quote, so we'll okay. leave it be. Um, Crichton gets ill, 
And then in the morning, uh, we see the other part of the tape in which we learn that Hudson, the death bot, is coming to replace Crichton. Mm -hmm. We get a nice android penis joke, Mm -hmm. but you can't have too many of those. Yeah. (laughs) Indeed. And Crichton wants to live. Mm. He wants to live, dang it. Uh, some funny things happen as far as the aftermath of their night of drinking, mm-hmm. which, again, that's a quote-rich area. Yeah. So we'll save that. <laughs> we'll skip that um, <laughs> and uh, eventually they agree that they are going to stand up for their friend Crichton mm-hmm. uh, against the death bot. Mm-hmm. And I was totally, totally predicting that Marilyn bot would beat the replacement mm-hmm. model to death. That did not happen. But, you know, there was a certain amount of irony in how they beat him. Because, um, not to steal a quote, but they made a nice mention of Star Trek Mm. and how Crichton was falling into a Star Trek trope. Um, But then they ended the episode in a Star Trek way, Mm. uh, creating a logical paradox within the computer and letting it explode. Which had to have been like five Star Trek episodes in total. Kirk talked a lot of uh, of robots to death. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, irony about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, it's... Um, go ahead. Say, sorry, I, I was going to say so. Hudson comes in. And what we see there is a is a um, Scottish guy. I thought so. Scottish guys are seven feet tall robots. <laughs> he was wearing this and the shoes. Aww. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> darn it. I was totally going to visit Scotland then, because I wouldn't know if you'll talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, you missed that, Paul. We were talking about why they would send him as a replacement butler bot, mm-hmm. you know. Would you like some tea? <laughs> I will fix you a delicious breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it reminded me of, um, in the video game Fable, if you ever played that, uh, I don't even remember if it was Fable 1 or Fable 2 now, but uh, when you get to the Temple of Scorn and have to make sacrifices yeah. to the darkness to get a certain weapon, it's like, Welcome to the Temple of Scorn. Your sacrifice has been accepted. <laughs> reminded me very much of that. So so they talk it to death. So, oh, and I love that it decides in various ways that they're all not quite human enough to survive. He rec- yeah, Hudson actually recognized... What a Freely Sapien actually was. He didn't get it right though. It's a very advanced spot. On the screen when Felix Sapien when it should have been Felix. Mm. Mm. A Felix Felices? What was that? <laughs> Nothing. I said Felix Felices. Uh. Get off your Harry Potter friend. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter is awesome. Oh, and it has been tracking Crichton for thousands of yeah. years. Yes, and went mad. Which, again, is very, very, very confusing in terms of the timeline and space travel. And somebody will just have to, I guess, make a chart for me. Um. Um. So, I was wondering 
if maybe this episode was sort of forecasting some of the licensing problems that have been going on. Like, you know, when you buy music what, what? from iTunes mm-hmm. and when you buy software and things like that, you're only buying a license. Yeah. You're not buying the actual um, thing. So whenever you mess with it or, you know, at a certain point, the thing stops working because mm-hmm. even though you've paid for the license, they've revoked your license. So, And, like, <laughs> if I buy an album on iTunes, like, if I buy a CD, then when I die, I can leave that CD to my, fr- my kids, my friends, uh, you, whatever, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If I have it, that album on iTunes... Does my iTunes account with all of its music get bequeathed, or does it go back to iTunes? Mm-hmm. Um, I you, do, you don't really own anything. As, um, as, uh, as an issue with this, he, he, um, he's trying to get... He's apparently bought a lot of music from iTunes. And apparently, at the mm-hmm. minute, if you if you die, all the music goes back to iTunes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't like transfer it to a different account. But Bruce Willis, because he spent so much money on the music, apparently he's trying to get a thing changed where if you pass away, you can you can get your music transferred over. Yeah. Well, and I still remember back in the day when I first got my parents and I first got computers like about ten years ago. Then we bought one copy of Microsoft Word or Microsoft Office. So they put it on their computer and put it in the registry code. Then I took it to college and I put it on my computer Mm -hmm. and put in the registry code. And it completely blanked out my computer. Oh. Yep. It like... um, Or it may have just been a coincidence, but I don't know. Yep. But yeah, I thought that was a nice parallel to things that were going on today. Because this company apparently can just, you know, replace your model. And I guess you have to pay for the replacement. You sort of don't get a choice. Mm. Even though Crichton is working other notes? fine. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. You, he's obviously old <laughs> and slow and... And ugly. I, 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 because we see no money changing hands, I've always thought of it like this. Um, they've paid an X amount of money to have Croton and all of its relevant upgrades. So when it comes to come, they get free of charge the new droid while they take the old droid away. Yeah. But that would be a bit more fair, except, you know, choose the, the droid. Wait a minute. But the thing is. I don't get how the company know that um, Crichton is on the Red Dwarf because obviously he was on the... Um the only thing we figure is that he has a homing beacon. Yeah. It's just a heck of a homing beacon that it can transmit three million light years away. Or maybe maybe the thing had almost caught up with him. It was in a couple of years of him. And then once Crichton started traveling away from Earth, then the thing started following him and it's always been two years away from him until he stopped moving. Mm. But again, he was he was crashed for a thousand years, so the thing would have had to have... Okay, sorry, I'm going to stop worrying about this. Yeah, because I, I can't, it I doesn't can't make figure sense. it out. It doesn't. 
Yeah. Anyway. So they send an iPod 5 and... Oh, wait, no, sorry. <laughs> Alright, any other notes on this episode? Um, I really liked there at the end where all four of them are facing off against this foe. Yes. Like, it was... Because I get the impression that no one knew that they were going to renew the series after this. So I get the impression they sort of thought this was their final episode. So it was a nice a nice moment to end on. What I liked is the fact that, theoretically for them, uh, Crichton's only been with that group for what, one season. I mm-hmm. don't know how long that is in Red Dwarf years or whatever. Yeah. But... Mm-hmm. The, the amount of loyalty, lo- uh, the amount of loyalty they're showing to Brian, yeah, is a much. But they have so few people that they have to stay loyal to them, especially considering that at first they just completely accepted Holly's replacement. I mean, you know, the Queeg. Replacement, not the Hilly Holly replacement. <laughs> but yeah, they completely accepted it until it went went south on them. But here, yeah, they started out with, you know. Mm-hmm. If um, Crichton's replacement was a realistic non-robot. One. <laughs> <laughs> The one thing I did actually note down with uh, Hudson arriving at the end uh, was Blade Runner. Mm. Yeah, a little bit. Mm. Yeah. He does seem like a replicant, doesn't he? I've never seen But Rucker Hauer is that. awesome. It's a cool flick. There's like 30 versions of yeah. it, so who knows which one you would see if you tried to see it, but it's a cool flick. Yeah, it's cyber noir. Mm. And, you know, Harrison Ford. One of my favorite movies is The Running Man. Oh, I watched that yesterday. Is the what what? The Running Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, didn't we start watching that piece a while back? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah, 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 we did. It's an awesome film. It's an amazing film. That's Lots of leotards. I think it probably has the the most Arnold bad puns per second rating of any Schwarzenegger flick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a remake, I think. Oh, are they going to try to make it a serious remake? I don't... I haven't heard anything. I've not heard anything. I'm just saying it's due a remake. Oh, okay. Every sci-fi Arnold Schwarzenegger film gets remade. Well, they just made Total Recall, haven't they? Apparently that's meant to be quite good. Oh, I've, all the reports I've heard is meant to be rubbish, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. And we saw Wreck-It Ralph, which was really good. Wreck-It Ralph is awesome. Awesome, awesome flick. Mm. I'm wondering when they're going to right. Yeah, I think since we're talking <laughs> about other movies, we're done talking about Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so why don't we go ahead and uh, we'll rate this sucker. And then we will uh, do some feedback. Yes. Okay. So, who wants to rate first? Or second? I never rate first. I'll rate first. Okay. Okay, okay. you rate first. 
Um, I I enjoyed this episode. I liked Crichton a lot. Um, I, I thought that it was, you know, I don't know, it was satisfying, but then I sort of wish they had done more with Crichton himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, we got a lot of development for other characters, but we didn't get a lot for him. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with a 7 out of 10 uh, Scudders named Bob. <laughs> All right. right. Not good now. Go ahead, Paul. Sure. <laughs> I really like this this episode. It is one of the best of the series. Um, chock a block full of quotes, as we'll find out later on. Better <laughs> Um, and I'm going to give it an eight point two five XVTs. Traffic cones out of ten. Nice. Okay. Mysterious traffic cones. Mm-hmm. I also liked this episode quite a lot. Um, I I thought it was good to finally get a little bit more about who and what Crichton is, um, even if I was a bit flummoxed by the whole history of it. I am going to give it... Oh, where's my rating system? I had it right here. There it is. I am going to give it uh, 7.5 out of 10 radioactive fruit salads. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give it 8. Abandoned, abandoned even. Um, hmm. Babies in a cardboard box. Hmm. <laughs> Evil bastard. Now, <laughs> I know, I am, I know, I know. Does, um, does each baby get its own cardboard box, or is this just one huge cardboard <laughs> box full of babies? You evil bastard. You gotta clarify our terms here. Um, I really like the episode. I mean, the fact it's got no location shooting, grand model shots, smashing space kits, uh, spaceships, or any guest stars, it allows the dwarfs to concentrate on what it, what I love about it so much. The fact it's got dialogue, character development, and the fact it's being funny. Mm. And it's also so good to see Robert Llewellyn Without his rubber head on. Mm-hmm. As um, hmm. Reaper, the head of uh, the head of sales. Uh, exactly. Ah. Oh. I didn't realize that. Very cool. I did not realize that. Okay. Uh, you want to read some feedback? Let's do that. Let's, let's do that. I will start with Nick. Nick says, Crichton, character development. Nick. That is all that needs saying. A- except he goes on to say, <laughs> actually, on top of that all, <laughs> there are some brilliant comedy moments in this. You can really tell the casting characters have found their stride by this episode and everything and everyone gets so well. The storytelling is possibly the best series, plus the sci-fi staple of looking at humanity through a mechanic size without being... T- too obvious about it, and I only say that as it has only just occurred to me that's what's going on. Maybe I'm just a bit slow on the uptake. Okay. Okay. Russ Greener says, I want to know how that super mean looking android was supposed to be a replacement for what 
is essentially a friendly butler's role. <laughs> Again, would you like a cup of tea? <laughs> That was a poor impression. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that was a two out of ten. Oh, like fine, Paul. See if you can do any better. And in point of fact, uh, she gave that episode a three out of ten. <laughs> so, all this two out of ten stuff. <laughs> Oh, let's see. I should probably read some feedback too, huh? Yes. I think I think Angela should just do all of Nick Quinn. Fine, I'll do Nick. <laughs> um. <laughs> that's what that's what he said. Shut <laughs> up! I'm gonna stop talking. I'm just gonna leave the podcast completely. It's Paul's fault. I'm not gonna do that. Nick continues on saying. After saying that all that's needs said, he continues saying, Crichton explains that all those years cooped up alone and the pod flying through uh, space drove him insane. As for super mean looking, well, I could make some inverse stuff up, but I guess it's just devised for the audience to see who the bad guy is, smiley face. Indeed, smiley face, wink. I'll read you in an excellent episode I'm to end the series. You get some good character development along with the pure awesomeness of Hudson Ten. Where did this to get that shotgun from? Hmm. Maybe Riss, Rimmer, maybe Rimmer's antique gun collection, or maybe because he's scared of ragamuffin. Ragamuffin. Scouse ragamuffin. Chris Riley says. Another super episode to end a really good series. One that had moved on a fair bit from series 1 and 2. The characters now are actually friends who actually look out for one another. Compare that to the uptight Rimmer-Lister dynamic in series 1 especially. If I recall, from Robert L's memoirs maybe, at the end of the series they genuinely thought at the time that this was IT. Or this was IT. I'm not sure. Uh, the final episode, there were no plans to continue with a series 4. Of course they did, albeit with a move from Manchester to Shepperton. I did not know that. <laughs> and the rest is history. Well, I suppose the rest would be history, as most things are. One note on that, um, as he quite rightly says, uh, Robert Llewellyn did genuinely think it would it was the end <laughs> at the time. Uh, Chris, Barry, Chris Barry, on the other hand, didn't think it was the end. Oh. Um, he was pretty confident they were actually going to get picked up for a fourth year. Cool. Uh, Sam Highland cool. says some brilliant quotes in this episode and the Marilyn Monroe droid is a great throwaway gag. Silicon Heaven is a great concept and Crichton's dismissal of human heaven while believing adamantly in his own is a good satire of most modern religion. A good episode to go out on um, and by then... I think he's typed there. By the end, you definitely feel that Crichton now feels like one of the crew. God, Paul, that was terrible. That was awful. <laughs> I give it a 2 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. Um, and then we have the some James... yeah, back and forth yeah. about is there. Yeah, a, yeah, does Holly believe that. in Silicon Heaven? 
Nutty. Nutty Nuchas says, Open mine! Open mine! I love this episode because there's a lot of bonding, and you see that the characters care about each other. Also, that might be the worst female android ever, but it was a kit, so what can you expect? Wait, there was a lot of bondage? What? That was the last episode with Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's what we thought about the episode. Tell us what you think about this episode or future episodes or this podcast or pretty much anything you care to discuss within reason. Uh, by contacting us, you can get in touch with us through our Facebook group, which is the Red Dwarf Introcast Facebook group, and it's an awesome one. And we have like more than 60 members now. So, mm-hmm. you know, we are, we are racking up the numbers. Um, look out there. Popular Facebook groups, okay. Um, Or you can get in touch with us through the Twitters, as very few people do, but that's okay. So tweet at us, Uh, and that is at... Twitter.com slash Red Dwarf Intro. Twitter.com! You can also email us at uh, the Red Dwarf Podcast at Gmail. That's G-M-A-I-L dot com. Oh, you could do uh, the review on the iTunes feed. Just look at and you should. I mean, you should. We're 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 rev- we're podcasting our butts off here. <laughs> we're you know we don't ask you to pay us. Uh, we don't ask for anything. If you want to pay uh, us, just that you. <laughs> it would. In fact, we now demand that you pay. No, uh, but seriously, let people know uh, that there's there's a cool uh, discussion happening about Red Dwarf on our podcast by reviewing and subscribing to our iTunes. We would appreciate it. It would make us happy. Before we move on, I just want to quickly mention um, the Christmas poll, which is still running on our Facebook group. Christmas poll! Which runs out on the 30th of November. Ooh, so not long. Not long at all. Currently... Not long at all. Currently... It's a tie. It is a tie. It's Ghost Watch with 10 votes and Bottom with 10 votes. We have 61 mm. members in our group. If you I haven't voted, please vote. Someone needs so, to okay, okay. I don't want spoilers about the series, but tell me this. Ghost Watch. Yeah. Is it about ghosts? But what? Is it about ghosts? Is yeah, it supernatural yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, at all? Sorry, sorry. I thought, okay, good. I said, is it about goats? It is about goats, yes. It's a bad... <laughs> uh, no. um, it's about improper charms with goats. No, uh, no. I, I was wondering because it would be my luck that I would just vote for Ghostwatch because I thought it was about ghosts, and then it will be about like uh, a night security guard, and that's just slang for for you know the night shift. And <laughs> yeah, but if it's about ghosts, I will keep my vote for that. I would love you know either that one or the uh, the one with Chris Berry, just because I really really like Chris Berry as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we'll see. Um, so. I don't know if it's been mentioned yet. I don't know, because obviously I, I arrived to the show late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you did. Earlier <sighs> on in the episode where they were talking about um, the Samaritans. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Have you, have you mentioned the other thing? Shane? The other thing. The other thing. Uh, well, basically, in the British Empire, oh, the no, Chris I Barry sitcom, they actually did a scene where Chris... Uh, Britus, the character that Rimmer plays, actually works mm-hmm. in the Samaritans, and basically that scene happens 
but with a different ah, cool. How clever. How clever. That's always nice when you nod to other shows that you've been mm-hmm. on. So, Heath. All right. Wouldn't this be a great place to put the ad? An ad? What? You mean like this one? In every generation, there is a podcast where one alone has watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer before. The three others must stand against the spoilers, the synopses, and the forces of DVD commentary tracks. This is Potential Cast. This is Stephanie. This is Kim. I'm Gabby. I'm Illyrio. I see some of myself in Cordelia. I really like that light for some reason. The show does that a lot, and I really like it. I love Child's explanation about Buffy is a slayer. Don't tell anyone. That's all the information you need. We do have a lot of feedback. Whether you're brand new to Buffy or you're a seasoned rewatcher, come find us at PotentialCast.com. And we are back, and it is that time, folks. Yes, the time for the quotiness of quotes. The quotiness of quotes? Um, well, our, it is time for the quotiness of quotes. Well, our guest has, has ran off on us, so I will go first. Um, let's see. We're on a mining ship. Three million years into deep space. Can someone explain to me where the smeg I got this traffic cone? <laughs> hey, it's not a good night unless you get a traffic cone. It's the policewoman's helmet and the suspenders. I don't understand. <laughs> hey, Paul, you go next. So I don't steal yours. At least he gets 24 hours notice. Most of us you get. Mind that bus. What bus? Splat. <laughs> And that's my quote gone. <laughs> Aww. No. No, it doesn't matter. We always have to have backups. I do have a I do have a backup. My goodness, I do believe I'm drunk. I suddenly feel the need to strump my funky stuff. Oh well that's my one of mine gone. <laughs> <laughs> well what's one of yours? Um let's see. I think I feel a Jackson Pollock coming on. Nice. My next one is... But you would not profit by it. You would gamble your safety for a mere android? Is this the human value they call friendship? Don't give me that Star Trek crap. It's too early in the morning. (laughs) Oh, my head. Oh, what happened to me? Damage control report? Dehydrated below 45%. Recall our previous evening. 2%. Embarrassment. I knew I would not be able to go through with a long quote without messing it up. Embarrassment factor of 91%. Advise repair schedule. Reboot startup disk. Offline 36 hours. And replace head. Boy, what a night. Nice. You are no longer allowed to make fun of my impressions. Shush your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you said, oh my goodness, it got me to thinking of that uh, auto-tunes thing. <laughs> oh my goodness, oh my damn, oh my goodness, it's going ham. <laughs> <laughs> Crichton sings the internet memes. That's got to be a thing. Uh, Shane, did you have a secondary quote? I certainly do, it's... I used to be in Samaritans. 
I know for one morning. I, I couldn't take it anymore. I don't blame you. You spoke to five people and they all committed suicide. I wouldn't mind but one with the wrong number. He only found out for the cricket scores. <laughs> oh, and I will do my one secondary one. Joke. Deadpan mode. Nice. Curse Crichton. I think Crichton uh, won with the quotes today. Yeah. Let's see. I'm not a frying pantheist. <laughs> oh, and um, where do all the calculators go then? <laughs> they just die. <laughs> okay. No, Any more quotes, anyone? No offense, Rimmer. Cool. That is completely wacker, jacker. Everyone's entitled to their beliefs, Lister. I never agreed to my parents' religion, but I wouldn't dream of knocking it. What were they? Seventh day Advent hoppists. They believed that every Sunday should be spent hopping. They would hop to church, hop through service, then hop back home again. I tell you, Sunday lunchtimes were a nightmare. We all <laughs> had to wear sweaters and asbestos underpants. You see, they took the Bible literally. Adam and Eve, the steak and the apple, took it word for word. Unfortunately, their version had a misprint. It was all based on 1 Corinthians 13. Faith, hop and charity. <laughs> the greatest of these is hop. Nice. Oh. All right, are we done, done then? I believe we are. So, what are we watching next time, Shane? We are watching the first Big Bang Theory. <laughs> well, we might be. <laughs> <laughs> we are watching the first episode of season four, which is Ooh. Camille. 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 The Lady of the Camellias by Alexandre Dumas Fils. What? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> don't try to speak French, that can be fatal if you don't know how. Just ask Mr. Tech. Indeed. <laughs> What are your guesses? All right, Steve? folks. Oh yeah, Camille. What what would Camille be? Okay, is it spelled C A M I L L E? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Camille. I'm going to guess. You know what? I'm I'm going to take an off the wall guess here. Camille. I'm going to say it's not a woman's name, but a planet's <laughs> name. Yeah. It's Lando's not a system. It's a planet. Uh, they are going to the planet Camille, where they will meet the first aliens of the series. <gasps> Or, or, um, humans have landed there and colonized and evolved into a different species and thus may as well be aliens. Nice. Planet Camille. Planet Camille. <laughs> I'm talking about the planet Camille full of its advanced humanoid aliens. That's, that's my guess. What do you think, sweetie? Oh, I I'll build on that. They're, they're advanced human aliens, but... They've developed into some sort of awkwardly stereotypical era of human history. Like, you know, they're all um, Roman or something. Roman, cowboys, gangsters, yes. Vikings. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, cowboys. I like cowboys best. How did we get from there to there from Camille? Because we're awesome. That's how. No, no, I've got it. I've okay, got folks. It. The Marilyn Monroe bot shows back up, has gained consciousness, and decided that she doesn't want to be determined by her identity as Marilyn. She wants to be called Camille. And then she will become a regular character, except that she won't show up for the rest of Series 4. And then in Series 5, she will show up looking completely different and played by a different actress with no explanation whatsoever. <laughs> yes. It's like you've, you've, you've watched this before. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's like we're prescient. <laughs> Alright, folks. Uh, tune in next week to see if we were right. Or if we were just crazy. Um, and uh, thank you for listening. Hoping to hear my luscious, sexy voice. You will have to wait for a fortnight. <gasps> it's true. An entire fortnight. Yep. That's a bummer. Awesome. Not awesome. Also, but... I wish I wish that people still use the word fortnight over here because it's an awesome freaking word. I was saying awesome to the fortnight, not awesome to the Paul not being here. I like having you around. Yes. Paul. If mostly to get on your nerves. I like getting on your nerves as well, so it's all. Alright, join us again next week and we will get on all of your nerves again. Bye, everybody. Bye.